another episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas, aka Brutal Gash, coming at you live from Sydney, Australia, Boston's sister city. That's definitely accurate. With me as always from Newcastle, Australia, which coincidentally is actually the sister city of Portland, Maine. It is Jackson, aka Rickman Lives. Jackson, how's it going? Good, man. I thought you were going to say Philly and tie into another Ben Simmons-ism, uh, and I was going to reject that greatly. But nah. <laughs> Portland, to, Maine, huh? I didn't know that. <laughs> trying, to, trying to branch out a little bit. But yeah, it's true. Check the interwebs. Uh, now look, Joe, aka No Scrotes McFly, um, not sure if he's a late scratch or not. Uh, he had some stuff going on earlier today, so he may well jump in on the call halfway through the show. We'll see how we go. Um, but anyway, look, you guys, a shorter show for you all today. We'll talk the Pelicans game, the Bulls game, look ahead to the games ahead, and of course, sneak in some cheeky Reddit shoutouts. But guys, when I say guys, of course, I mean you, Jackson. Hopefully later, Joe. <laughs> what other guys do you need? Come on. <laughs> guys, including everyone who's listening, how about them Celtics? Let's start with the 113-100 to win over the Pels at TD Garden. Uh, Jackson, thoughts? Uh, life's pretty good when we can go uh, a week between episodes and we still haven't lost a game and our, and our points differential has just skyrocketed. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's great, man. Um, I, I woke up and saw the team news and that there was going to be no Kyrie, no Hayward, no Horford, no Baines, no Yabasele, and I was like, okay, well... We'll see. We'll see if the if these hospital Celtics that I think yeah. we we dubbed them uh, last season will show up and whether they're going to be able to, you know, maintain the momentum that we've been playing with for the last um, uh, five games prior. And yeah, I was not disappointed in the slightest. I thought, even though New Orleans has been barring their their incredible start, they've been pretty average. Uh, throughout the season and uh, it was about as comfortable a game as when we played them in New Orleans and you know without Kyrie without Hayward without Horford I remember Horford was particularly good in that game uh, really says a lot about where this squad is and um, how far we've come since uh, since the start yeah absolutely and Anthony Davis who is on my fantasy team a lot of mixed emotions going into this game because there was some question um, as to whether or not he would play the game and I'm like, all on board the Celtics train, like, screw my fantasy team for one day. I, I <laughs> sincerely hope that Anthony Davis is out so that we are basically guaranteed a win. And of course, um, you know, it, it gets said that he's playing the game. And I'm like, okay, you know, we're missing a lot of key guys here. Uh, I'm not sure how we're going to go up against Anthony Davis, but possibly like a revenge-focused Anthony Davis as well, given, mm. you know, that we kind of blew them out the last game as well. Uh, and yet, really strong showing from, as you said, the, the hospital Celtics and... Uh, Daniel Tice has been playing uh, incredibly well as a, as a starting center, averaging 14 points, eight boards, three assists, and, and two blocks as a starter these past two games. But uh, pleasantly surprised, Robert Williams, the Time Lord. Uh, <laughs> two, like, awesomely, like, super, like, hyped blocks on Anthony Davis. I mean, we, we got to get to this, right? Like, a real excellent time to be on Twitter, by the way, and watching the game. Uh, the garden exploded. Twitter exploded. Uh, my, my brain exploded. It was, it was an incredible two Time and space there. exploded, <laughs> if, you, if you believe every, everything in the sub. <laughs> I believe it uh, all, man. I love it. Oh, yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah, um, mate, if, um, yeah, I, I think if, if last episode was the Marcus Smart episode, this is the, this is the Robert Williams episode, by far man i think um there's been no there's been no other celtic that i suppose it's unfair because he's a rookie but there's been i don't think there's been that much hype around a guy who's barely played for us and you know the want and the the universal at least of the celtics fans consensus wanting this guy to get minutes wanting this guy to get an opportunity to shine and um and when, and when yeah and when the the injuries came out that we were going to be shorthanded you know thought surely he's going to get some he's going to get some minutes here and man he 
he took he took these opportunities so well. I mean, the the he got two blocks on 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 Davis, but that first one, I mean, that was just it felt like he he was that was him announcing himself, not just to the Celtics, to the, not just to Anthony Davis, but to the NBA, the basketball community, uh, in general. Uh, the, the the Time Lord nickname, which is just yeah, ridiculous, it's made it is, is getting some real airtime. Yeah. Scal said it. It was on the Ringer podcast the day too. It's, yeah, it's, I, it's the best. Uh, did, 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 was that, did that, would that come from the sub? Is that where it was born? I think it came from the, the Riffs man. Shout out to the Riffs man on, on Twitter, uh, who uh, it sort of it came out of the whole like he was he was late to uh, to some some stuff, uh, and then he he took control of time and space and, and put himself in a position for that to never happen again. Hence, Time Lord. I don't know. Yeah. I know that it came from the Riffs man. Wasn't was, wasn't that he, he took control of time and space by like moving next to the actual practice facility? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so he can never be like well. Yeah, technically speaking, that's to, that's controlling, uh, taking control of your time. Yeah, th- so those are the <laughs> actions of a time lord, apparently. Yeah. So I'm loving I, um, it. Yeah, so sorry, go on. I, I was gonna say I it might be deviating slightly off topic here, but like I, I, there was a moment when I was thinking um, when he, I think after he goes second block on Davis. Um, I, I just wonder if Danny Ainge is, is sitting there somewhere rubbing his hands together, being like, okay, so I, I guess New Orleans can see uh, <laughs> what things would look like if he was in a package, which he, he, let's 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 face it, if we are going to ever go for this massively protracted rumored move for Anthony Davis, yeah. he will be he will be a piece. There's no doubt about it. So um, whether or not you're a fan of that move is, is one thing, but I mean, he could not have picked, you know, he couldn't. He couldn't have performed better against Anthony Davis against the potential team that we might get traded to. These are all, you know, a lot of assumptions. <laughs> hot takes. Here. But you know what I'm saying? Jackson yeah, bringing it, it, the hot takes early on. You know what I'm saying? It was, no, it no. was a good showing for him and yeah. also for the Celtics. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And and his blocks on Anthony Davis weren't like like backdoor, like sneak up from behind, double teamy like swats. They, they were, were like clean, like one on one, like like prison yard blocks like he just like went up didn't bite on the pump fake and just like got those blocks on Anthony Davis who was arguably like the best big man in the game if not the best player in the game uh, but the, the the trade situation for Anthony Davis I whenever I see those those posts on Celtics Reddit and it's like daily mm. like the rose rule right like we we can't we can't acquire Anthony Davis unless we trade away Kyrie Irving I'm completely digressing from my run sheet here by the way but we we can't we can't get Anthony Davis on this team without first trading away Kyrie Irving. And I, I don't think that we need to do that. I don't think Danny Angel wants to do that. I don't think anyone wants us to do that. Yeah. We're Except- certainly not we're certainly not doing that this season, mid season. I think when we go into the off season and you've got guys opting out and you've got things moving around here, I think then it becomes a little bit more realistic. Maybe I could be wrong about that. But yeah, it's certainly not happening anytime, you know, in the immediate future. But um it's definitely one to to earmark. It had, you know, the, the ovation that he got towards the end of the game, you know, it had it had shades of the Gordon Hayward uh, ovation that he got at the garden a few years back and we all know how that ended up so you never know you never <laughs> yeah know. yeah it was a familiar ovation for a, a you know a one day free agent so uh <laughs> yeah i had a, like a i had a cheeky little smile there when that was going on we, we've got to get to um i guess like the the real like winning tandem from the the game against the pels uh jason tatum marcus morris so tatum with 21 points mm. had himself a block six boards uh, just looking at the stats, he only had one assist. Classic, classic Mamba style. He only had one out of his five threes, but it was a really spicy sort of step back ISO three and ten of sixteen from the field overall. So in the end, like quite an efficient night. And obviously Mook, uh, you know, thirty one points, 
uh, and some some accessory stats as well with some assists and some rebounds, and both of them with very few turnovers. That was really good to see, and that, that's what you want to see out of the hospital Celtics, right? Is these guys, just like a next man up mentality, people stepping up and, and playing that, that marquee player role, and uh, who better to do it than Tatum and Morris? That was, it was pretty good to see. Yeah, it was awesome to see. They were both crazy efficient. I think I think Morris was ten of fifteen and Tatum was ten of sixteen or yeah. something like that. To get that out of like two guys on your starting unit is is outstanding. I mean, Morris just continues to. I mean, I, w- I was always anti Mook hate. I'll just say that I was I was on his side. I was anti the hate that he was getting. But uh-huh. I mean, even for for a guy on his side, like he just, he just continues to impress me and impress me every time he plays. Now he may very well be in a hot streak at the moment. He may go into you know a Kyle Lowry esque lull sometime soon. <laughs> but I mean, the dude is just he's so reliable when he scores. I think. You might correct me if I'm wrong here. We might have to go back and look at some footage, but I think the last three games, the first bucket has been a Marcus Morris. First, our first bucket rather has been a Marcus Morris jumper from the baseline. I'm pretty sure the last three games yeah. that's been the first bucket. So yeah. the fact that he is, that's his shot. The guys know to look for him from that spot, and he gets it. Like yeah, he's he's just playing at such such a, a great level for us right now. And you know, I don't think it's. I think it's unlikely, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that he that he that he goes next season. We might ha- we might have to pay more money than we should, and if we do, then I don't think we should. But I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't get rid of him at this stage, would you? No, absolutely not. He's he's absolutely one of our best players, and he's so versatile. And he, I never would have imagined this, but he seems kind of happy with uh, any sort of usage rate in any role, whether it's starting or off the bench. Like he just seems like he's just gunning for it. Like he's just happy to be there, which is great. I really hope that we can. I, I'm no salary cap expert, but I, I really hope that we can move some shit around and like make room for him because he's a really, really important part of this team. And you're right, we have gone to him the first possession of every game in recent memory, uh, which is exactly what we used to do with Avery Bradley, by the way, who we ended up exchanging for McMorris. So a nice little bit of continuation there. <laughs> Uh, getting to the the Reddit shout-outs on this game. So user McGib, who is popping up on this podcast regularly, good on you, McGib, says, I know that we are all high on him, but it says a lot that the reaction to Tatum's game last night was, oh, yeah, that's just what Tatum does. He hardly got a mention in the post-game thread. We've come sure. to expect this 20-year-old to drop 21 points in 33 minutes on 10 of 16 shooting. Some of the moves that he made were simply unstoppable. Over the last 15 games, he's averaging 18 points on 63% true shooting which is uh, incredible. I know we already touched on Tatum, uh, but, you know, excellent call out by McGib there. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, he, he's he's right. He's becoming such a consistent offensive option for us. And, you know, you're, you're right, you know, in, in games where, you know, uh, you've got other guys taking the, the limelight or there's, you know, Kyrie's doing great things or Morris doing great things or Hayward's doing great things. You've just always got Tatum in there, always getting, you know, around about that, that 20 point mark, hitting some tough shots, making some smart plays. There were a couple of moves he did to the basket. I think that, I don't know if it was on Drew Holiday. I don't think it was someone else where he like kind of stepped into him, turned his body, swiveled and got the layup there. Just some really, really nice moves. And he's, he's just, um, he's becoming so reliable for us and at his age and everything that we know he can be and probably will be it's just you can't help but just love the dude every single every single time you see him he's yeah. just, he just keeps delivering and it's so good to see pretty spicy and it's amazing what like just hitting hitting your shots will do for you and your confidence in someone so True. obviously early in the season he's taken i guess a lot of the same shots probably more iso mid-range jumper that than, than he's taking now but it was easy to to get quite frustrated and, and impatient with Tatum like early on in games, and you know he takes those shots now that he's sort of 
they're more of an anomaly and he's playing more in the in the flow of the offense and you just love it like these are the shots that we were craving like really hoping for him to take last year and now like it's really exciting when he takes them and he seems to pick his moments a lot better i think so that's really good to see we were talking about the ad trade you know the potential for an ad trade a second ago really whenever this comes up you know in you know when you're talking with your mates at the pub or in a podcast that you're listening to or whatever Tatum's name always comes up when it comes to trading for AD. I, I ask knowing that I'm, there's going to be some bias from you as a Celtics fan, but <laughs> do you in- include Tatum in a hypothetical trade for Anthony Davis? Because I, I struggle well, with this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know because realistically, <laughs> if you if you're if you're the Pelicans. You're not giving him up without getting absolutely a lot back. You know, really, you want to get more than what Anthony Davis is worth because of Anthony Davis is is who he is. Yeah. So yeah, I, I can't envision a world in which the the GM doesn't ask for Tatum. Um, yeah. Like you and... open that conversation with Tatum, right? It doesn't doesn't yeah. progress unless that, that that's the starting point. That has to be the deal breaker if they if they know what they're doing. Um and. Yeah, look, honestly, if you, if you, if you, if, you, if it comes down to that, if it, if you, if you said right now Tatum for Davis, like just that simple, just Tatum Davis done, I think you have to do it. But I think if you're going to throw in Tatum with someone else, with a pick, with so and so, and then that I that 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 sours the deal for me too because I think that's it, you wouldn't find a lot of people saying that Tatum right now is better than Davis right now. There's no way yeah. that can happen. Yeah, so in a microcosm that makes sense. But it's gonna take a lot more than just Tatum to get Davis out. And I think if you're gonna part with a bunch of assets, a bunch of good guys and Tatum on top of that for A D, yeah, I'm all biased aside, I'm 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 kind of wincing as I say this. Yeah. No, I'm hanging yeah. up the phone. Yeah. No, I, future Tatum is spicy. Like the prospect of future Tatum can play two through four. He can handle the ball. Like he, he can basically do everything really except play the five spot. Like obviously he's not a point guard, but he does bring the ball up occasionally and he, he makes a read and makes the right play. Mm. Whereas, and I say this as a sometimes getting back to this, like a bitter fantasy owner. Uh, people in my fantasy league call... Anthony Davis, Anthony Day to Davis, as in he is injured frequently, um, and that is very noticeable as a fantasy owner, and it makes me wary as you know a fan of the Celtics um, with all of these trade talks that that come up quite regularly. So obviously, Anthony Davis in a vacuum is the better player right now. That is that is clear, um, but maybe Tatum is better for us given how deep we are. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I suppose just in closing, like I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't disrupt what this squad's got right now. I know it's very early in the season. I know we've just come out of a twenty-game, you know, uh, haze or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But like what we've got right now, and what with the potential of what we could have with this squad going forward, yeah, I'm, I'm very hesitant to, 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 to break this up unless we're clearly getting the better deal. And I don't think uh, a deal, a package involving Tatum for Davis, clearly is that. No, no, absolutely. No, maybe getting to someone who more risk, more realistically, at least from the perspective of Celtics fans, might appear in a trade package for someone, particularly Anthony Davis. Jalen Brown. So user Tashi97, I hope I'm saying that right, writes on the post-game thread or the next day thread, Jalen Brown is shooting 70% in the restricted area in the last 10 games. He's shooting 55% on drives. And then later in the same thread, he writes Tatum shooting 43% on pull-up threes, which is crazy. Last year, he was mm. shooting 31% on the on those same attempts. So I, re- I kind of want to focus on the Jalen Brown element here. Uh, it's been really inconsistent and then really consistent in, in fourth quarters. 
um, to the point where I, I looked up the the splits, like the Q, Q, Q quarter one through three, and then the fourth quarter um, shooting stats. So the last two games, uh, well, the last few games since he's been back. So his averages in quarter one through three. Uh, eight points on 30% from the field, zero assists and a plus 1.6. And in the, in the fourth quarter in those games, it's averaging 12 points on 90% from the field, three of three from three, three assists and a plus 14. Uh, given the last two games, I mean, you, you can say a lot of that could be attributed to garbage time. Um, but he, I don't know, like he's showing us these flashes, particularly in the closing moments of games. You could you could call him the team's closer, perhaps. Um but whereas Tatum has been consistent, Jalen Brown has has not, and I I keep like seesawing on how how I feel about Jalen Brown. What are, what are your thoughts, Jackson? Yeah, um, I suppose the, the the absurdity of the disparity between yeah the quarters one through three and the four there just you know uh, it, 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 you could say it's stat padding I guess you know mm-hmm. going after it in like the, the garbage times and whatnot, but I I don't think that's the case. I think we we all know even you know Jalen Brown's most staunchest critics I think can acknowledge that you know he's 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 an excellent athlete he has great basketball IQ great you know IQ in general as well so have it have it <laughs> he's um he's someone that I would really really hate to see go yeah. when you put the numbers up like that um it it does it, it does cause a bit of a schism in my mind thinking uh-huh. to myself is this a guy we really want to like persist with and whatnot but i mean just since he's come back we we we've, we've caught, this has been a recurring theme of the season so far you know we have a star, a player play poorly and then something happens either they go to the bench have a game out or they just you know have something in their lives happen uh-huh. and then they seem to turn themselves around i feel like brown is on that is on that uh that trajectory at the moment because yeah. he I, I thought just for the eye test, he was getting the ball and he was getting to the basket. He was getting a lot of, he was winning a lot of uh, free throws. I think what did, was he was he six of seven from the line uh, let me against bring the up Pels the stats. or something I've like that because right that here. is that's far better than what we have come to expect from him because it's it's one of the things that you know everyone just grow there's a collective groan around the stadium and everyone's lounge room yeah when he you know he goes zero of two or he finishes the game you know uh you know two of five at the line so that's something at least in the short term he's corrected the aggressiveness looks a lot better um he's come out and said the right thing and that he doesn't mind coming off the bench and all those kind of things so um Look, is is he is he the closer of the team? Yeah, I know I know he's he's not, and you didn't mean that. But uh, there's definitely there's <laughs> got to be a place for him with the form that he's in because I think he's getting better and he's tr- and he's he's trending upwards. Yeah. But yeah, we'd be we'd be naive to say that yeah he's he's he is exactly where he wants us because he can certainly be better. Yeah, I mean he was three or four from the free throw line, seventy five percent. But th- those fourth quarter stats, obviously, like I said, you got to give it a bit of a nod to 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 uh, closing time or, or garbage time in this case. Um, but it's just interesting to see how he finished those those games up. And towards the end of the, the first half in the in the Pelicans game, like he clearly botched some play. And then like Terry Rogier was like really pissed off and like threw the ball at the, at the backboard, which in like itself was a, a weirdly impressive like athletic feat. I thought that was a really like just solid throw of the ball. Anyway, and, and clearly like everyone left the court and they were like really pissy with Jalen Brown. Um, and then he kind of responded well after that and came out and played a lot better in the second half. Uh, yeah, look, all, all good stuff. Uh, I want to race through a couple of things very quickly because you know, there's some time constraints for us tonight. Uh, user Banana Resistance commented, 
something that got lost in the Time Lord shuffle. I feel like Brad Wanamaker played a great game last night. He had a few turnovers, but I was really happy to see him not afraid to drive or pull up for three. It looks like he's got great support from the rest of the team. Yeah, I mean, Wanamaker, he's, he's playing that Shane Larkin role for us. And I guess, you know, not to talk about it too much, but... The, the Pelicans game was really the first time where he showed he can, he can play that well, that role well for us and actually showed that maybe he's starting to like fall in line and in rhythm with the rest of the team. Yeah, well, for me, I think it's the first time he's gotten like some some significant minutes in a in you know yeah. non garbage time against an opponent that's you know although not brilliant is is decent. So yeah, it was it was good to see him out there. Um, one thing aside, does it when you watch him dribble, does he dribble the ball like rather high for your liking? Might need to go, but it looks like he's dribbling <laughs> up around like his shoulder area, and I don't know if that's just the angle of the, the screen or, or whatever, or I'm just totally tripping out. But there was something about his, his dribbling technique just sort of weirds me out a little bit. But I mean, look, yeah. it, it's a little bit different this year because I mean, when we had Shane Larkin would, was getting was getting consistent minutes and had a consistent role throughout last season, the rotation is a lot tighter this year. You know, we don't really ever go beyond you know the three guards in Smart Kyrie and, and Rogier. So uh, he, his, his opportunity has been very limited. But like from what I have seen of him, I haven't been mega impressed. But yesterday when he did have some time to, to, to perform, I didn't think he was forcing anything. I didn't think he looked lost out there. And I thought he, he always comes on and hits a three or he hits, he hits some sort of shot anyway. So even if he can give you just a, like a tiny little bit of offense that you can somewhat rely on, then dude, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to have him in the team. One of my, one of my uh, nuclear takes before the, before the <laughs> season, which I reneged on, I said that Brad Wanamaker was going to be Brad Stevens' latest success story. A la, uh, <laughs> a la Evan Turner. But yeah. you know, I backed off that one because I just didn't really know enough about him and it was a total whim. So I don't think that's going to come true. But um, no, I think uh, from, from what I saw of him last night, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, impressed with him yeah well look one of one of mine was that we'd trade mcmorris so look we can't we can't all be right all of the time uh joe yo i was actually just i was actually just gonna like interject myself into the conversation i wasn't watching the like, screen i, I would have been shocking i would have been the shock of my life <laughs> i know I'm, I'm a bit disappointed i didn't take advantage of it eh? yeah welcome joe aka no scrotes mcfly wheeling a deal and all the way from new zealand yeah sorry about that guys um had family dinner and you know, we're having a good time, and then I was like, "Oh shoot, it's it's ten twenty-two, which means that hey. it's uh, eight twenty-two Australian time." And uh, yeah, and here I am. So apologies for my tardiness, but no problem. But you know, this is a good segue because you know I gave Robert Williams a hard time, didn't I? I did. <laughs> While we're talking time, you hinted at it. <laughs> <laughs> he deserved it. No, um, no, but it was cool to see. It was he's 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 got some talent. He can pass the ball. Um, so far, I've been wrong about him. Um, I hope I stay wrong, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's my that's my coming in take. I'm coming in with some um, medium fire. Coming in hot now. So we've just sort of we've just finished talking about the Pelicans game. I want to get to the Bulls game quickly. We don't normally go back a game in time, but uh, I think off. it's important. <laughs> I, I think it's important given. Like, how ridiculous this game was. Uh, a friend of mine, shout out to Nick Collins, is a Bulls fan. He was kind of messaging oh, me dude. earlier in the day being like, oh, Bulls, like, you know, Laurie Markinen's back. Could be uh, could be a dicey game. Just and I was, like, thunder. a little bit worried. Yeah, but uh, crazy game. 133-77, to 77, huge, huge blowout. Um, and it sent the entire Chicago Bulls 
organization into a, a huge tailspin. The Bulls had 17 turnovers. There was a, a player mutiny that occurred uh, after the game, and it, it was just it was just ridiculous. I don't I don't know. What do you guys think on the Bulls game? Any any quick thoughts before we move on? I don't want to spend too much time on this. My quickest take was when I, I missed the game, I, I was at work, sadly. But when, when I saw the final score, I normally when you see the score, you, you can figure out how much you won by. You can figure out the winning margin in about, you know, second or two. <laughs> at least my maths brain can. This one, I looked at it for a good 10 seconds going, 33, 70, 23, 56? And I had yeah. to, like, recalculate over and over again. I just I couldn't believe the magnitude of the blowout that it was. And we were talking earlier about, like, garbage time and how, you know, you can stat pad and you can, like, you know, get meaningless, whatever. No one would have bl- bl- blinked an eye if, you know, that 30, the 32-point three-quarter time lead ended up being, like, a 19-point win or whatever. No one would yeah. have cared. But, no, instead they went, they put the foot down even harder on this poor team that's just utterly, utterly broken and, and really, really put an, an historical beat down on them. And I don't I don't think... I don't think I saw too many people celebrating it or overreacting to it too much. But, I mean, an a, a, a historically big win for the Celtics and in you know in all NBA is something that definitely is worth worth appreciating so yeah cheers guys <laughs> yeah I, I've been sort of trying to think how many points is it really like how how big was the win really because I sort of feel like it's inflated because we've got this really sick points differential right now and I'm like uh, was it really a 56 point win or was it really a 25 point win that just went went really south and what I'm coming to is like, no, I think, no, I've got to accept it was a 56-point win. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like it, it's, it's you know, it cuts both ways. We had a game last night where we were up by 22 and we let them back in, you know, and like like that, that yeah. affects the margin. So it all comes out in the wash. So I've just got to... It's all relative. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It, should all, it should all come out in the wash. Um, so, um, but it, it, I was, like, I was sort of following that game up till the end of the first half. And the Bulls had sort of closed within 13 or 12 a couple of times. And, and yeah, I got a shock. I looked at it after. I was like, what happened? You know? But like a lot of these games, it's sort of like, it doesn't feel like we absolutely blow the doors off teams. It's just sort of like we get that 10-point lead and then it slowly stretches out to 15. And then before you know it, we're in garbage time. You know, that sort of yeah. seems to be how it's gone the last sort of couple of weeks. Well, you know, I know the the caliber of the teams we've been playing lately um, has lessened, but earlier in the season it was like, you know, you think about that Nuggets game, we started off really well, we yeah. got like quite a lead, and the the difference there was that we would slowly piss away that lead and end up losing the game, whereas now we just sort of slowly build on it and build on it, which um, uh, sort of segues into into a point that I, I'm glad that we're all here to discuss. I want to quickly shout out to one user on that post-game thread, Mrs. Puff202, who wrote, guys, we destroyed a team so bad they debated going on strike, um, which is worth shouting out because that um, is quite an impact to have on a team. Uh, and user PickRick00 writes, uh, I think we all, need to, all we need to do now is show Philly up on Christmas Day and we can comfortably say we're back, which brings me to a question. Are we back? We had a terrible start, uh, yet we've, we've beat some decent teams sort of in, in the midst of that terrible start, but now we've won six straight, mostly against more terrible teams. Joe, I, I know that you said after we'd won a couple of games a couple of weeks ago, you needed to see um, an, an equal stretch of, of goodness, essentially, mm. uh, to, to be able to confirm that we're back. We've, we've seen, you know, it's only been six games as opposed to the first 20, which were, you know, we can all say piss poor. 
But you know we're here now. The, the team's looking good. Are, are we back? What do you What do you think? Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say like no with a caveat. Like I I, uh-huh. I think um like you can think of teams that have flamed out. Like the Thunder had a stretch last year where they honestly looked unstoppable for ten games. Like they were just crushing everybody, and that that team didn't amount to anything. The Cavs last year had a stretch where, you know, they won a heap of games in a row, eh? Like, remember that the, they beat the Knicks real early in the season? Like, they had mm-hmm. a real lucky win, and then they just went on a tear. Um, it's totally possible for teams that aren't actually for real to have big win streaks. So, I, like, I, I, I think, no, we're not, like, we're not there yet. But, you know, we weren't a bad team to start off with. We were a 500 team, and now we're a 16 team and 10 team with a really amazing points differential. I think um, what we've seen, like I think the last time I talked, we talked about the Pelicans game, and I was like, oh, look, this is a really, it's a different thing. Like I think the team is different. What we've seen is totally different in nature from the first 20 games. Um, so, um, but I still want to see more data points collected before I say this is the character of this team. Does that make sense? Like I think. Yeah, no, absolutely yeah, sure. That These are, this is a real result, and these like, the team is changing. Has it changed? You know, um, I don't know yet. I want like I'm. I'm going to use a twenty game. I'm going to use a twenty games like little twenty game blocks. So if we if we if we run off fifteen of the next, you know, if we if we're twenty five and fifteen or whatever, and we've got the same points differential, I'm going to say yeah, we're back. Yeah, yeah. I'm um. I'm. I'm going to inverse. I'm. I'm going to say. I'm going to say a very unconfident yes because you can only play the teams that they put in front of you. And good teams beat bad teams all the time, but we're decimating teams. And I know 13 points against the Pelicans isn't isn't decimation. And I know you know playing beating the Knicks by any amount you know isn't really gonna you know set the world on fire. But like just the the run of games that we've had, even though it's against poor opposition, you know there'd be plenty of opportunities. There have been plenty of games last season where we won comfortably, but we still there were still really, you know, obvious weaknesses and glaring holes in um, in, in our offense or, or whatnot. I, I don't see them at the moment. And yes, it's only a six-game sample size. So I'm definitely with you, Joe. I need I need to see at least at least 15 games, I think, before I can uh, I could comfortably say, yes, they're back. This is what we're meant to be and this is where we need to be. But at the end of the day, even if I say we are back playing how we should be, we're still the fifth seed. And you can you can say it's like any any time of the season. There's a lot of time to make up for it. But like the fifth seed is absolutely not where we want to be. We got to be you know you know one really mm. it is what is what we want to be. So until we can get right back up into that race and maintain the level of basketball that we've been playing, that's when I'll confidently say we're back. But I'm gonna just go maybe a bit premature and say yes, we are mm. for now. Yeah, look, I I think we're back to playing well. But we're not back to meeting the initial expectation heading into this season. Right, I, I right, think we're right. we're back there when Gordon Hayward is killing it. Well, even like eighty percent of the expected quality of Gordon Hayward, and you know, he had a really good game against Minnesota recently, and and he he's been better since. But you know, he sort of dropped off a bit in the last game or two. Obviously, he's been sick in, in the most recent game, but against the Bulls, like he he didn't have all that good of a showing, and I I think. Like it's easy to forget how good he has been in the past, pre-injury, and how good he could potentially be again, given his history. Um, and you know, essentially, the, I guess the positive spin on that is, you know, if you think we're good now, like imagine how good we'll be when Gordon Hayward is actually himself again, or you know, if he ends up being himself again. So, 
look, really promising signs. Um, we've got some pretty easy opponents coming up, which we'll get to soon. But then we've got a game against, I think, in sequence, the Bucks and then the Sixers on Christmas Day. And I think that'll be our first real test. So hopefully we can keep this momentum up and, and continue to ramp things up heading into those games. But um, it's... It's a pretty depressing start to the season, but I think there's a lot more uh, to be positive about now. Anyway, look, lots to ponder, lots to consider. We're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back in a moment for a new segment called The Weekly Report. Welcome back. A new segment for you guys now called the Weekly Report, where we uh, rank the Celtics essentially in in some of the more advanced stats uh, and how they've been doing in those stats for the past couple of weeks. Great, great week to to start this uh, segment. I'm going to rattle off a few few stats now, and and Joe, just just chime in whenever you like. But we're tied, first in wins, three and zero, first in offensive rating at 125.9. First in defensive rating at 93.9. First in net rating at 32. Obviously, the stats are maybe a little bit skewed because of the Bulls game, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So, for example, the next best net rating is the Warriors at 14.6, which is like less than half of our current net rating over the past week. First in assists to turnover ratio and first in effective field goal percentage. So, safe to say... uh, Joe, you might bring me down a little bit in a second, but safe to say the Celtics have had a good week compared to the rest of the league. Yeah, totally. I don't think I don't think they're winning just because they're on a hot streak shooting wise. I think they really are playing different, which is cool. Um, yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, <laughs> is it skewed? Of course, it's skewed um, by the Bulls game, but um, yeah. massively. I mean, yeah, but you still, you know, like beating a team by fifty six is like, like you still have to do that. It's not like the other team can actually just hand you fifty six points. Like, <laughs> you've still got to put the ball in the hoop, you know. You've still got to make those wide open threes. So, um, yeah, I, I think like I think we're at this point of the season. We're at a really funny point, eh? Where we've um, where we've kind of um, we've seen enough to be like, oh, we we could be that team. You know, we could be that team that was what we expected, but um, we're not that team. We're not yet that team. But this is a, you know, it's just a man. It's a hell of a data point. Yeah. I mean, we're certainly showing the, the characteristics of that team. But, yeah, I mean, look at the Bulls. Like, Jim Boylan, that's the... the uh, I don't know if I should call him an interim coach or not, but he, he's the coach of the Bulls. And he, he subs all five of his starters out, you know, halfway through the first quarter. I've, I've never seen anyone do that. And then he brings in five equally terrible players. First guy chucks up an air ball. Uh, it doesn't get any better from there. So, I don't know. Like, I really want to... I, I really want to just bathe in the glory of these stats yeah. that were first in basically everything over the past week but like the Bulls are Bulls are a shitty team yeah but I mean they just beat OKC the number two team in the West the night before like that's true it's not like they're <laughs> not an NBA team right that is true like um, I don't think we can like I don't want to downplay it too much like it's really hard to beat like man it's pretty hard for me to it's pretty hard to score, beat a team by fifty six down at my Morrinsville mixed social league, right? Like, yeah, like it's really it's, hard to do. You've got to turn it on to do that, you know. Yeah, it's um, hard to do that in NBA two K. It's it's hard <laughs> anywhere. 
in any realm or uh any realm any realm that robert williams may or may not exist in. yeah that's what i that's what i was trying to get to yeah <laughs> yep fyi you probably already covered this but i love i think it was max lederman who put um robert williams stat line up and it was like three clock blocks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we we went deep on the the time lord stuff earlier um yeah you you missed out joe but uh i like i, I feel like that's going to be something that we can talk about regularly throughout the regular season. You know, like he it's a really, really strong showing. So, um, I don't know. At this point, in, from a Celtics fan perspective, I don't think you can really talk too much about Robert Williams, a.k.a. the Time Lord. So, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I want to move on to some exciting seeding-based possibilities. We're, we're currently fifth in the East at 16 and 10. Tomorrow, the Bucks and the Pacers. So, the Bucks are 18 and 8. The Pacers are 17 and 10. They play each other. Uh, it's really a... A win-win situation for us, like a loss for either team is good. But if the Pacers lose, they are then 17 and 11. And without us even doing anything, uh, we move up to the fourth seed at 17 and 10. Uh, I say that obviously we need to beat the Wizards, which I, I'm sure that we will for, for that to really take place. But um, an exciting prospect. Also tomorrow, the Raptors play the Warriors in Oakland. So you can uh, pretty much mark them down for a for a loss there. Oh, not so fast, Ben. <laughs> I'm confident. I'm confident. All right, then. I mean, Kyle Lowry, he played a little better today, but um, he has not been the, the Kyle Lowry that we that we know and some people love, certainly not me. <laughs> and, and, and Kawhi Leonard has been, uh, well, I mean, he's been pretty good, let's be honest. But um, I don't know. It's the Warriors. It's Oakland. Curry's back. Draymond's back. Um Man, if the Raptors win, it'll be the most difficult win that they get all year until they face us in the uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> I, I think I think it's a huge game. I look in my mind, seating wise, to be honest, I've already pretty much penciled us in for the second seed. Like I just, sure. I don't like Philadelphia's points differential is two point four, and I think that's a real two point four. Man, they mm-hmm. haven't been really that good. No. You know, like you, you know, they're two Jimmy Butler step backs rimming out right from being what, whatever, like fifteen and eleven or something like that. Sure. You know, like but the, I just don't know that they're that good yet. Um, yeah. So, and we'll, we'll pass the paces. Um, we'll, I think we'll, you know, I think we'll catch the Bucks. Um, but I think the Raptors will stay abreast of us. So, so, so for me, seating wise, it is quite interesting to watch them go up. If if, if I was anxious about it. All right, so having having just poured cold water on it. But if I was anxious about the seating and I was like really hard out, I'd want things to bunch up as much as possible. So I'd yeah. be like definitely rooting for the Pacers to win, um, to bring the Bucks back. Which means, because in my mind, the goal is not to pass the Pacers; it's to really pass the Bucks. Ha! Sure, pass the Bucks. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> um, well done. You know what I mean? So so the closer they get to us, the better. And it doesn't yeah. matter too much if the Pacers get a step away. Um, but, man, I'm really excited to see the Raptors go up against the Warriors. And, honestly, I just hope the Raptors win. Like, I, I know that's sometimes you just can't shake these, like, little bits of favoritism. But um, uh-huh. but I just love to see the underdog win. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I'm a little more narrow-minded, I guess, and, <laughs> and, and biased towards the Celtics. But... um. All of the, I mean, that's really what this little mini segment, if you want to call it that, is about. It's a, it's about other teams winning and losing to the benefit of the Celtics. But um, it's going to be a fun game, right? You know, yeah. to uh, the the top two teams in each conference going head to head. Um, it's going to be good fun. Totally, and and I like, I feel like the Warriors, you know, like they 
purposely rested Curry in the last game when they could have played him because he played the next night. And uh, this will be like a little no-excuses game. They're all back. Um, yeah. Let's see what it really is, guys. Um, yeah, the Raptors rested uh, Kawhi Leonard as well, so everyone's back and rested and healthy and ready to go. Mm. Should be interesting. Yeah, it'll be great. Friday night, Pacers play the Sixers. Another win-win. You know, one of those teams is going to lose. It's going to benefit us. Uh, and the same night, the Raptors, uh, a tough road game in Portland. And then uh, the following night, they, they finish up their road trip with another tough game on the road in Denver. So, wow, yeah. hopeful for some, some Raptors losses there. And, I, you know, if they if they drop two of those three games and we win our next few, like, it, it's really quite close in the east and if you if you had um raised that point a week ago i think we everyone would be saying no like there's no way anyone's going to catch the raptors like they're off to a way hot of a start and obviously this is speculation but they do have some challenging games ahead and if they lose those games and we win our less challenging games and we'll get to those in a second uh, i i think it's going to be interesting it's going to be tight um and you know sometimes the nba doesn't get all this exciting until the postseason, but we've got this really tight race at the, at the top of the conference there in the East, and um, you know it's giving everyone something to root for, and it's uh, it's exciting time. So yeah, it's good cool. time to be a hoops fan. Yeah, it's cool having five good teams, you know, um, like for once in the East. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. <laughs> I, I think um, I haven't watched a whole lot of the Pacers, um, but um, I just I like the DNA of that team. Like I just I like how it was built. Um, yeah, and, and I, like I want them to be better than the Sixers, who I feel like cheat. <laughs> like, I'm not yeah, a fan the of the process and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, well, the once pa- all the depots back for the Pacers, I mean, you can expect them to sort of pick things up a little bit and and, and play more pace of basketball. Totally, like and I feel like their pieces fit together really nicely on that team. Mm. Um, yeah, and I just love how like I just I think it's I just love how they came out of the Paul George trade. Like I like I have a I have a total. You need. Do you have other soft spot teams? Pacers Pacers are totally one of my soft spot teams. I've always got a soft spot. Them and the Jazz. Yeah. I always do. Jazz is definitely one for me. Portland for Straight. some reason. I just really like Damian Lillard and I really like Terry Stotts as a coach. Right. Um, and weirdly enough, the Kings. Even though we kind of want them to do badly <laughs> for the sake of our draft pick, I just um, you kind of root for those teams who have been like historically bad to like all of a sudden they're, they're playing quite well against all odds and all of a sudden Darren Fox is like like this mini Russell Westbrook and this team is like firing on all cylinders it's you know they're above 500 it's really really good to see I do like Darren Fox <laughs> yeah. I wa- yeah I want that kid to be successful though. I think that'll be a good off-season segment for this podcast is like a all-time like soft spot uh, mm. like ranking system because there's there's some fun teams out there uh, I want to get on to, finally, the, the few games that we've got coming up. So, obviously, tomorrow, or probably today, if you're listening to this podcast uh, in the U.S., uh, we've got the Wizards in Washington. They're currently 11-16, and 16, probably playing better more recently, thanks to Bradley Beal than they were earlier in the season. Uh, user Royal Ramble commented somewhere on Reddit. I'm not sure where he did this. We were 1-3 versus Washington last season, and I fucking hate it. I want revenge. Um, I think we can all align there with Royal Ramble. Um, we have struggled, I think, in the last few seasons against the Wizards, and this year, I think it's really our time to strike, right? Like, they're pretty shit, and we're pretty good. It seems like... And I'm probably jinxing this. I'm, I'm touching all of the <laughs> yeah. wood around me as I say this, but um, now's the time to strike and beat the Wizards. Yeah... Uh- just the, those wizards, man. I just feel like that that team's dodged a bullet. I just can't think of a more undeserving team to be like three games under five hundred <laughs> or whatever yeah. they are right now. 
Yeah. Um, well, they're five games under 500, but still, like, they should be a lot worse than that. They totally should be. And you just know they're going to make the playoffs, man. Like, the, the, they'll ask their way into the, play, into the playoffs, you know. Yeah, but so for now, I just hope we absolutely <laughs> pump them, eh? I don't, li- I don't like that team at all. Like, total anti-soft spot team. Underachieving. John Wall's a dickhead. Let's pump yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Otto Porter, I used to be high on Otto Porter, but um, he's really dropped off a little bit there. And um, yeah, I'm just try- I'm trying to think, I'm sitting here now trying to think of one player on that team that I like. I, I think, uh, is it Thomas Sadoransky? Yeah, yeah Sadoransky, uh, I like him. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a spicy backup guard. Were you going to say someone there? Sorry, Joe. I was just saying Markeith. Um, yeah. Because I, I, I like, I've gone from, I've gone a total 180 on um, on Marcus Morris. I mean, who hasn't, right? Like, How can you we, not? Yeah. We all love him. Yeah. Get him up here. <laughs> yeah. Look, that's fair uh, blood relation to the Celtics. So, uh, you know, how can we how can we say anything negative about him? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So, after the, the Wizards game, we've got the Hawks coming up in the garden. Uh, and then we're in Detroit against the Pistons, who are 13 and 12, who are sort of starting to dip a little bit. And, and Blake Griffin bit of an injury going on so i'm pretty hopeful about really the next three games we went three and oh last week looking at that pretty hopeful to go three and oh this week and then the following week the first game we've got against the suns in the garden as well so really good opportunity to to continue climbing in the standings while there are some more challenging games for some of our our sort of closest rivals We, we should win all four of those games and if we don't if we don't it will be a disappointment you know um yeah it's not it's not a tough stretch of our shit. We've got to make hay, you know, like the Raptors go through a tough stretch now. There will be another soft spot that they've got coming up and they'll be yeah. making hay then. They're really, really good. <laughs> They're not going anywhere, man. Um, so so we, we kind of need to. Like, um, we've got, you know, we don't, I know the schedule normally gets tough for us in February. We go out west, you know, that's coming up. Um, yeah, so we, we've got to, mm-hmm. we have to make, and, and like I do expect our, the team to do well and uh, win handily. Yeah, uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks ahead, heading towards Christmas. Uh, that look, that's that's pretty much it for this episode. We've covered everything we wanted to cover. Um, Joe, I know you joined us kind of halfway through the show. Is there anything you want to cover before we wrap this one up? Um, I just, I, I guess I'm still, um, I'm 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 still not a rosier guy, and um and 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 he still makes me nervous out there on the floor. That's probably my only my only thing. I'm I'm still not a Rosier guy, eh? and um, he's he's yeah he's gonna have to win me back. He's gonna have to win me back. Yeah, he was only he was actually uh, second to Team Low plus two in the game recently against the Pelicans, starting mm. in in place of Kyrie Irving. Ten points, seven rebounds, six assists, only one turnover, a couple of steals. Like I I actually thought that he maybe developed a bit of a rhythm. Uh, you know, aligned with the rest of the team with the extra minutes, but can he do that as a, a limited minutes player um, backing up Kyrie Irving and Marcus Smart? Uh, that remains to be seen. So I'm kind of with you there. If we do have one trade chip at the moment, look, I hate to say it, it's probably scary, Terry, but um, mm. that's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, we've kind of covered over this a little bit, but yeah, I, just, I don't know. I don't think he's a point guard. I just don't think he is. I think he's a. I think he's a Lou Will, <laughs> you know? I think that's, yeah, right. that's the kind of player he should be trying to be. Yeah, yeah. I guess it'll be interesting to see like what kind of player he develops into as he sort of transitions to veteran status. And if he becomes that sort of, like you said, Lou Will, off the bench, 
combo guard kind of player that you bring in for a like a spark in, in clutch moments or something like that. I hadn't, hadn't thought of that. That's that's an interesting trajectory for uh, Terry Rogier. But you know, for now, we need him to be the scary Terry of, of last year, really, um, and 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 bring us that production off the bench. But um, yeah. Anyway, I hate to end this on a bad note <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's all. <laughs> yeah, I just, just had to get that out there. Um, yeah, happy with the way Jalen Brown's trending. Um, great to see him taking it to the bucket. That's that's mm. great. That's what he needs to yeah. be aggressive. Um, really happy with Ojale. I'm, I'm I'm he's one of my guys that I've got a soft spot for. Um, so I was really I'm just so pleased to see him attacking closeouts. Mm. Likewise. All right. Well, look, we said we'd run short at the start of the show. We're now running about 50 minutes, so kind of running long. That's okay. Lots to talk about. Um, during this this great stretch of Celtics play. All right, that will just about do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please rate us, subscribe, and tell your friends. If you want to reach out, the best way to do so is to comment on the Reddit thread for this episode, or you can go ahead and you should follow us on Twitter at Celtic Reddit Pod. Jackson was with us earlier in the show. Thank you very much, Jackson. Joe, thanks again as always for all your work. Oh, mate, no, no worries. <laughs> Glad to have you. All right, folks. Have a great week. Go Celtics. We'll see you soon. Peace.